Welcome to the whitest house. Play souls haunt the halls when the light is out. Except the blood of your door and the wasted mouth. The last gasp of a world that is dying out. Welcome to the whitest house. Where every room is a tomb that they lie about. Where you can put your filthy feet on the finest couch. And for the right amount, you can even buy it out. Essence of your entire political identity. You might be a white supremacist. Hopefully, you're not a white supremacist if you're watching this show. But if you are, you know, we hope that you maybe learn the error of your ways. That's why we're here uh, at This Week in White Supremacy. I am Jasiri X. I'm co-founder and CEO of One Hood Media. And to my immediate right... You got your boy, Trouble Never Likes Supremacy. You know I'm saying? One Hood's hippie, head teaching artist out here to give you some game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... Twinless today. I am twinless. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of sad, but we'll make it through. It's your girl, Miracle. I am just here to bring the fake flowers and positivity to your screens this evening. Absolutely. And for those wondering, uh, Farouk is uh, the supervillain part-time hater. There's no shades today, unfortunately. He is in, I guess, tech practice you know, he's gone Hollywood on us, so he's making his acting debut. I believe the it's open to the public Saturday, right? Well, I was able to buy tickets for Friday, so we'll see if they're like, man, you can't be here. Um, okay. Oh, I thought that was the depressed only. Okay, well, Friday, well, Saturday, that'll be our 19. call to action. So we're going to push that. We're going to let y'all know about what's happening this weekend. But Farouk is in practice, so it's just us three today. Um, and we want to get that yes, he's a thespian. Um, we're gonna get right into it. Um, with um, a man who might be the next governor of California who's black, but um, argue that slave owners are deserving of reparations. I don't know if he said instead of black people, well, let's play it. I mean, well, anytime you see, I don't know. It's like, I guess this this is this episode is heavy on black white supremacy. I don't know. All right, so let's get into um Candace Owens and Larry Elder on the Candace Owens show. Um, let's hear what they have to say. Have you been to Africa? I've been to Africa. Okay, I'm perfectly content living in America. Most of people don't realize, like, the opportunities that you have here in America, you'd have never had otherwise. And this was actually one of the first countries that banned the slave trade, right? I mean, Britain was ahead of that us. That is the actually was not true. But America was just right behind them. By, by the way, when you That's mentioned that uh, incorrect. the UK was ahead of us, they were. Do you know that the slave owners were compensated? After they lost their quote unquote property, the government compensated slave owners. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so when people talk about reparations, do they really want to have that conversation? Because like it or not, slavery was legal. And so their property, their legal property was taken away from them after the after the Civil War. So uh, you can make an argument that the people that are owed reparations are not only just black people, but also the people whose quote property, close quote, was taken away after after the end of the Civil War. So what do you make of. Um, and by the way, that's um, why there was no war in the U.K. Right. The, the, the slave owners got substantial amounts of money. That's fascinating. And you look at the amount of money adjusted for the day's dollars. <laughs> She's high. The money that the former slave owners got, which is one of the reasons they didn't fight a war. I can't wait to look into this. I, I mm-hmm. never knew that. Mm-hmm. Can we, we can, I think we can show, so, so, so miracle. 
why don't people understand <laughs> history and know history? Like, what do you mean you did not know this? Like, first of all, Southern slaves, Southern slave owners actually got money and, and financial support. And in addition to losing their property, they were also able to just transfer their property to their white wives and white daughters. Therefore, the government actually couldn't seize it and, and give it to um, uh, the newly freed men and women, as well as the Black people who were already freed, whose lands were illegally seized at the time. So I'm, I'm irritated that, ever, like, why does it always have to be, like, Black people that have to push these, like, narratives? Why can't there just be some of the Confederacy who are out here talking about they want their reparations again, which, by the way, we are seeing because Black farmers still to this day can't even get money for the land that was stolen, the seeds that were po- uh, 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 poisoned and stolen from them by the U.S. government, while white farmers have again gotten investment after investment after investment. So if we're really going to talk about people who are owed reparations, let's talk about Black landowners, Black farmers, instead of saying, oh my God, Black people, stop asking for what's owed to you because the white people get it too. Like, oh, come on. Right, and, and let's not forget that after post-slavery well one you know the fact that you know Candace I mean you know Candace Owens being wrong isn't shouldn't be anything surprising to people you know this is somebody who intentionally tries to stress the truth because you know she wants to tap dance for master I mean it's wild to even talk about like it's like she's still in many ways like functioning with a slave mentality right now Uh, but United States was not one of the first countries to ban slavery it was in fact one of the last so like that's just the fact you know what I'm saying um, uh, secondly, you know, let's not forget you had this whole sharecropping system post-slavery, you know what I'm saying? You had a system where black people were denied ownership of the actual land that they were working. The system came about, you know, you had Jim Crow laws, you had, of course, the attacks by organizations like the Ku Klux Klan and the mass lynchings of black people in the South. Um, it's, it's so much that happened to black people in the South. Even, you know, when, when, when Ta-Nehisi Coates wrote his famous article, A Case for Reparations, he didn't even include slavery. He actually based his case of reparations on around redlining, the practice that did not allow Black people to own property, uh, to buy houses, or, you know, we were only allowed to be in certain neighborhoods. And so it's so much beyond, you know, reparations when you think as slavery. But I think I think a majority of white people are okay. I think I'm pretty sure that the white slave owners and landowners like made out nicely, you know what I'm saying, and, and are good. You know what I'm saying? It's our community that is in need of reparations, like every other community has gotten. Why can't we get those? So, what do you think about Larry Elder uh, trouble? You know what I'm saying? So, a black man arguing for slave owners to get reparations. First off, I think it's whack as fuck. Um, <laughs> Second off, so I just had a thought. I'm thinking, so if his premise is that white slave owners deserve reparations for losing slave labor, and it's like, why don't they just invest in the industrial prison complex then? You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, the way I see it, they don't need reparations because all they did was they already repaired the system of slavery to make sure that anyone who's been indicted can now legally work without without any wage. So it's like, bro, like slavery didn't go anywhere. We're still profiting off of slave labor immensely. 
I, I mean, you, you make a great point, right? There is, you know, and, and that was the, the clause, right? If you're a prisoner, you know, you can be kind of allowed and forced to work. Uh, in many prisons, we found out that they were, you know, making Victoria's Secrets and making furniture over here and, and different projects over there. Of course, you know, a lot of folks have been organizing around that. A lot of folks have been organizing for disinvestments in, you know, a lot of colleges and universities had investments in the uh, prison industrial complex. And I know there's been a lot of organizing for folks to even to, to disinvest in that. Uh, but you're but you're right in that case. I mean, slavery still exists. But I think it goes back to like, why do you as a black man like feel like you have to be a defender of or like a watchdog for white people like they're good, like they have enough, you know, people to speak for them. They have enough platforms. They have enough resources and money. And it just it's just weird. And this is somebody that with Larry Elder who, you know, if people vote to recall the governor, the current sitting governor of California, Gavin Newsom, that Larry Elder might become the governor of California. Miracle, like, how should we respond to this man? Who's, like, we, we, we're doing for, like, <laughs> um, how, I mean, there are Black conservatives, there are Black Republicans who run for office all the time, whether it's the Attorney General in Kentucky or, you know, Sandra Tim Scott. There are people out here, right? Right. Um, if that's what the people of California want, but it is weird because you do mention it, it always seems like these black conservatives have to do this like twisting, turning, tap dance on issues around race. It seems like and I just don't understand. Like, why can't you just be like, OK, if you believe in like fiscal responsibility of tax or whatever conservative believe, if you believe that and you want that, you know, you believe the that you would want less government or whatever, that's fine, whatever, you know, because that's that's a that's a political ideology. But when it comes to race, like, you know, you mentioned somebody like Tim Scott, who's talked about getting pulled over because he's black, but yet then comes out and says, like, racism doesn't exist. Like, why does it have to be that? Like, why can't you be a Republican and also be sensible when it comes to, like, clearly racism exists, clearly white supremacy exists, clearly in 2021, white people benefit by, by having white skin and almost every demographic or thing, loan, school, whatever you want to say, I like, why can't we get both? I think it's because they benefit from white supremacy. So if they call it out, then they lose their benefits. They lose their sitting and they lose the comfortable spot that they built for themselves and master's home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and I think also it's kind of mind boggling if you study like politics, because the earliest, you know, black uh, uh, elected uh, officials and appointed officials were in fact Republican based on this ideology that like the limited government um, is what's needed because people need to engage in mutual aid because it was the police who were the Klansmen who were murdering, lynching, raping and involved in human trafficking, which was at that time child slavery. But for some reason, this era of Republicans has, like Trouble said, decided to basically pretend white supremacy doesn't exist in lieu of personal uh, promotion and, and personal success and personal accomplishments. And it's very dis 
disheartening because there is an argument that you can make for conservatism when it comes to combating race and violence based on the fact that our governments continuously and honestly um, disinvest Black communities, wage war on Black communities, and harm Black people as evidenced by all the statistics. And redlining, of course, you know, the case reparations was the first time um, an academic went on record and basically was like the state of the housing crisis is the federal government's fault for the way that they redlined and kicked out and disenfranchised Black people, which we still see today. So I don't know why people can't be out here, you know, being Malcolm X and a, and a conservative. I don't know why people won't be honest about race. Like, if you face racism, it happens. And lastly, from a legal perspective, um, this idea that the best way to get over race is to not talk about race doesn't correlate to the real world because just because you don't talk about something doesn't right. mean the phenomenon isn't happening. Yeah, I mean, it's like saying like, oh, the best way for me to uh, heal from cancer is like to not think about it. No, you have to actually go to the hospital and actually get on a program and get medicine and get over this. But I think it goes back to kind of what Trouble was saying. It's like, you want to make white people comfortable. And the best way to make white people comfortable is to pretend that racism doesn't exist and to pretend that like, oh, because I like that, you're the, the, the one or two or three or four black people that have attained success in white America, like their mere presence or that mere presence of that one Latinx person means that like racism no longer exists like that idea is just it's just it's 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 a fantasy but it's something that makes white people comfortable it makes them feel like yo you know you're donald trump you can have kanye in the white house and his mere presence mean that racism doesn't exist because i have a black friend and and apparently uh miracle and trouble now these black friends can i guess also give you a pass <laughs> I see yes, it's on y'all because y'all invite people to cookouts. Y'all invite y'all get people hood passes. Y'all get y'all be acting like it's it's the lottery. That's I mean, you know, and, 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 I am guilty and, 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 of this. I used to do this as a kid before I really understood racism and how it worked. I right. let white people say the N-word. I didn't care. Yeah. It didn't offend me. But then I was like, wait a minute. I don't think I should be like contributing to this behavior right. let me start setting this boundary you know what i'm saying because you could also be contributing to that white person's ass whooping in another neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> like like when you weren't around and I, you know i come from the pre a generation previous to you trouble where you know it was just not i come from the generation of you going up you say it somebody going up in your mouth period point blank end of story but at the same time like you said, you know, you have, I mean, we've seen this, we've seen this in hip hop. I forget the one white girl who had like a hit song and she was from the Bay Area. And then she was like, black people gave me in the Bay Area to said I could say the N word. Oh, yeah. And then, and then black women in the Bay Area said, no, we will fight you today immediately. And then she like fell off the face of the earth and we've never seen her again. But the reason we're talking about this is because I don't know if you all remember. I barely remember this dude, Dog the Bounty Hunter. He was a white guy that had a reality TV show where they were hunting down criminals and it became popular. And so Dog the Bounty Hunter went on some, got recorded saying the N-word a bunch of times. And 
I don't know why. Oh, right, Crayshawn was. <laughs> where did Crayshawn go? <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. And I wanted like. <laughs> What's the song? What's the song called? It was like Gucci, Gucci. I just remember that song. When she Gucci. Yeah. What is it about white people and Gucci? Is that the name? And her and the other, the other guy like had the just... cake based off like Debbie Bates. Yeah, cake. yeah, yeah. Man. That is so that hilarious. Um. So yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I guess Dog the Bounty Hunter, I don't know why he's in the news now, but his daughter came out, and shout out to his daughter, you know what I'm saying, because his daughter basically was like, I wasn't invited to the wedding because they, I rock with Black Lives Matter, and they don't rock with Black Lives Matter, and they got a black guy, what, I don't, I, I kind of want to say <laughs> shout out to him, but maybe no shot, they got a black guy to interview him, so here's Dog the Bounty Hunter talking about why, as a white guy, he chose to vote. Is he white? Because I think he brings up some stuff. All right, let's see what Dog has to say. That organization. Yes, I do. I have never been a racist. I'm 33.5% Apache. But because of over 15 years <laughs> ago, I have an like, That here. has something to do with it. Well, let me ask you about that. that. That moment 15 years ago. Yes, sir. That phone call with your son. Correct. You were using language, and over six times during that call, you used the N-word. Yes, sir. He Why said, were you, you can't marry a black so woman freely? because we said the N-word Well, here. I thought I had a pass in the black tribe to use it, kind of like Eminem. Who gave you the pass? The brothers. Who were the brothers? I had just, you know, got to prison in 1979 after spending time in 18 what, months in you... Texas, and it was probably three quarters from the black tribe. So that was a word that we used uh, back and forth uh, as maybe a compliment. My pass expired for using it. <laughs> In the no 1980s. To say a racist name doesn't qualify to he make said my a pass racist. Expired. If you use that word, it, if you okay. use that word and you use it in your regular everyday life, it makes you a racist. I have more black friends than Eminem. That is the proximity argument. Like, oh, yeah, what? Like, I, I think when <laughs> <laughs> also denies his daughter's allegation. You can, you can find. Eminem was like, why am I? <laughs> first of all, first of all, Eminem does not use the N word. Eminem has been on record as saying why he doesn't use the N word, and he feels like he hasn't, he hasn't gotten a pass. You know what I'm saying? He understands that. You know what I'm saying? But then I, Eminem was from my same era, you know what I'm saying, where it was just on site. Use the N-word, it was on site. So Eminem has never used the N-word, I don't believe, on... He, I'm, I can't say Eminem's never used the N-word because he probably... Had. What? The black people I was in prison with said I... <laughs> well, first of all, wait, he's 33 and a half. That doesn't matter. First of all, he's Apache. Indigenous folks. The last I heard, I saw he was tracking down brown people on a, a, mm. a Hawaiian island, which he is not native to, would be an identifier and was out here putting people in, in, in prison, you know, yes. last I heard, but you know, I could be wrong. But I, him, you know, uh, our, our man at the Papa John's, you know, <laughs> oh, Dan, yes. you yes. know, I don't understand what it is with these people, you know, what was the, the Matt Damon, come on, he, he's, just stop saying the F word last year. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah, what it yeah. is with these, you know, these boomer, o- older millennial folks that don't understand slurs and feel the need to like use them still. Yeah. And t- I don't get it. You know, that's not my uh, ministry to get it. However, what about, and what context are you using the N word? Because you're being recorded 
talking to your family who's all 33.6, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Why? You're Why? <laughs> in a conversation with other people who look like you. So how are you talking about Black people mm-hmm. when you're using the, that's did you did you want to pull did you want to pull out because we have the actual rant where he used the N word. If you wanted to juicy. see the content, <laughs> I want to see this. If you wanted to hear. Did you want to John? We do have the context in which he actually used the N word several, and it was really like he was kind of like, "Hey, yo, man." This what we do over here. Like we over here, we say. <laughs> Yo, it kind of felt like he wanted to say it the entire time. Like hey, it seemed oh, like he was like, dude? "Yo, my niggas, my niggas gave me the pass to say it." I, like, I mean, you know, you know that, right? I I want a document. How long is that? Is that is that a pass that? Because he said it expired. Do you go to <laughs> a different neighborhood every year? Like what is that? <laughs> I don't. I don't. No. See, my I had a friend who was who was who was from the city of Miami, and they were like, in Miami, everyone says the N word, and I said that's very lovely, but here we are not in Miami, and if you say that, you're going to get jumped, and I'm going to let it happen, and I'm not going yes. to help you. I probably won't even call you an ambulance. Because I'm Absolutely. telling you, you cannot say it. Pass it yes. only or for your friends, your internal circle. Yeah. That's it. Bark. It's like if your friend lets you borrow the car keys, it doesn't mean that anytime you see somebody with a car, you just go take their car keys and start driving. It's <laughs> that like the is pass an excellent is, point. It is for you. Like when you get on the bus, your friend, if you share a bus pass, you know, you just can't be taking on people's bus passes. I don't yeah. understand why this is hard to, to comprehend. I don't um, so let's play that, John, if you want to give us a little bit of dogs. This is dogs call. <laughs> it's because we use the word nigger sometimes here. I'm not going to take a chance ever in life of losing everything I've worked for for 30 years because some fucking nigger heard us say nigger. That's not like hard art, bro. That's, That's not hard. Gross. That was not even a nigger. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I knew we trying to get a pencil. It wasn't Working even a nigger. Never. <laughs> Never. If Leeds was dating a nigger, we would all say "fuck you," and you know that. But he's not Leeds racist. Though. Like at home, yeah, that. It's not that they're black. It's none of that. It's that we use the word nigger. We don't mean you fucking scum <laughs> nigger without a soul. We don't mean that shit. But you don't America mean it. Would think okay, it's okay. Yeah, I say nigger, but I don't mean it. I don't hey, mean. I don't mean scums. Shout out to his family because, like, hey, look, hey. White teenagers, record your parents, like, hey, yo, and then put it on the internet. Like, shout out to his children for exposing this dude for who he really was. Yes, that time. wasn't the, that was the right for the second, second time. In fi- like 15 years ago, he got in trouble for this. So he ain't learned nothing in over a decade. And that was the, just like Trouble said, that was the hard R. That wasn't the, hey, yo, what up, my nigga? That, the brothers weren't talking to you like that, dog. The brothers were not. You know what I'm saying? You're not hard on no brothers in prison. We know how prisons get down. Prisons always, almost always segregate around race. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So that's, you know, so I, I don't think anybody's still watching Dog the Bounty Hunter or support. If you are, please don't. Please don't. I mean, I used to, I'm not going to lie. I used to love Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> I did because then he would hunt, and then they would pray for people, and they would be like, "When, when you get out, we're gonna help you." But they never showed them actually helping people. Number one, Absolutely number not. two, we really gotta 
create our racist rehab because clearly, clearly these people are struggling and they need our help. And I feel like yeah. we need a TV show, kind of like how they do wife swap, but like where we just come in and we just help people like stop thinking the N-word. I don't, you know. Clearly they need help. I mean, it's wild. to be the host. Yep. <laughs> I too used to say the N-word. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, that, and that, I think it goes back to two. Like, it goes back to like, why would you want to pass? Like, why would you like? I'm just like you said. I'm not part of the LGBTQIA community. Why would I want to be able to say a word that is offensive to other people? Like, if 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 we've deemed this word as offensive, like, why would I want the right or the pass? to say this word like it doesn't make any sense i don't understand like you know as opposed to the white people y'all got everything else like why do you like it's like this thing of like oh we got to have this too like it's like we know we can't like <laughs> we just can't even have the word neither and so that's what's always been weird to me like white people that want to say it and kind of want to have this past why do you want to have a past to say a word that somebody else deems as degrading to them, it makes zero sense. It's because they think freedom means the freedom to hate people. No mask and saying the N word. (laughs) You feel me? It's like, no, bro. If if you're free to practice hate, I'm free to whoop your ass, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, if we're gonna be free, if it's gonna be about freedom, you freedom to say you consequences, and the consequences could mean. Somebody moving your ass, and if that's the consequence, I mean, you wanted your freedom. You were gonna say something, Miracle? Yeah, and D brought up a good point um, in the chat, and I just saw. Um, at the end of the day, ancestry means nothing. I know it hurts folks, and when we say this, and people be saying, "I be taking away their blackness," but given the history of the world. It is the culture in which you are raised. It is the culture in which you have you have been brought up. In addition to your, your DNA, because we know a lot of y'all have ancestry because your grandparents, great-grandparents were out here committing acts of violence. And you don't get a pass into a community that you weren't, you don't know their language, don't know their culture, you weren't brought up in it, but you now, because of some, some test that you paid $100 for, you can't claim that. And, and and we have to be very honest about that because like y'all out here disrespecting indigenous folks, like what, what has Dog done for the indigenous community that he loves to, to claim? I think, I think that goes to that like allyship, like what is true, like true allyship is not like you being able to say the N-word. You know what I'm saying? That's not what it is. It's that, that's not like brotherhood. That's not like I'm part of the, and he said the black tribe, which was also really, <laughs> really weird. Like there's some black tribe. Yeah, my was like Israelites and I was like, I'm pretty sure he's not, no Israelites. He was trying to play that Apache card with no, that one. Right, right, right. But the black tribe. But it's like, come on, bro. Like, but uh, you make a great point. If you are, if you are part indigenous, what are you doing to help the indigenous community and help the people? Are you using your platform for that? If you are a true ally for black people, like, are you using your platform to that? Or is it become like a prop situation? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is it? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we do need to get um, 
We we need to get uh did, 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 where did dog get that thirty three and a half percent? Was that ancestry? Where did he get that? I want to I want to know. I want, but it kind of goes back because that's kind of what um you know the 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 guy who's running for mayor in Pittsburgh kind of said. Oh, I can't be racist. I'm part part nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like you can be racist too. I don't care what we, you. We all can be bigoted. We all can have. Biases. Stop that. Yes. We have systemic past power. We are privileged and can be racist. And so I need people to like to to, to hold on to that to understand and to understand that like identity is isn't doing the work that you think it is. Absolutely, absolutely. So we want to kind of go, you know, and it's well, it seems like we have a preponderance of video, but one of the things that came out um, this week was our president Joe Biden, <clears throat> and apparently Joe just makes up things in his mind. <laughs> I don't know what Joe be doing. In the Oval it's kicking office. in early. The dementia, <laughs> but, man. But Joe Biden, you know, did a conversation in the way. And, and it's just like, hey, bro, <clears throat> you don't like anti-Semitism, neither do we. Like, that's enough, bro. Like, but Joe always wants to take that first. <laughs> it's such a it's such a white supremacist thing to like center yourself in the story. Like, bro, like, you know what I mean? Like, so. Apparently, Joe Biden talked about visiting the Tree of Life in the wake of the Tree of Life massacre that happened here in Pittsburgh, and something that he never did. So here's As Joe a Pittsburgh Biden. native. I would have remembered that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all would have remembered. Oh, hey, Joe Biden, remember it, when he was it, at the... It, it would have been big news, right? Yeah. The Joe Biden, the former vice president, or Joe Biden came. I know he's come to Pittsburgh a lot. You know what I'm saying? But if you want to pull up that video, this is Joe Biden talking about his imaginary visit to the Tree of Life. Listen, my theory is y'all called Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe too much. So Uncle Joe is now like that uncle at the cookout who just be lying (laughs) every time you see him about what he's done, what he's been up to. The one you got to, you know, when you have to write his obituary, you don't know what's true or what's false. And you just like, remember when he said he did this? Remember when he, and we know he just be lying? That's what Uncle Joe is now. All right, right, here we go. lying. To think, coming out of the civil rights movement and being involved in the Jewish community as a kid in the civil rights movement um, in Delaware, I used to think that uh, hate could be defeated. It could be wiped out. But I learned a long time ago, it can't. It only hides. Corn Park taught him that. It hides. It hides under the rocks. And given any oxygen at all, it comes out. It's a minority view, but it comes out. And it comes out raging. Could it just stop right and there? And it's been given too much oxygen in the last four, five, seven, ten a years. Good, a good Could it just end it? Seen yep. Whether Great. It was, I remember spending time. And here he lost it. You know, uh, go, going to... Uh, the uh, you know the tree of life synagogue speaking with the just just is amazing these things are happening it's kind of like he knew when he said it hey hey, joe you know we got this thing called google and we could actually pull up (laughs) 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 like who was where i mean just like i mean because didn't he say something like he was there when mandela got freed and he had made some other he walked with dr king some other he made a whole bunch of outlandish claims and this was when the primary and it was, you know, he was running. And that also came out. They had made all these claims about 
his civil rights struggles and all of this stuff. And it's like, bro, like, it's okay. Once again, it's okay to be like, hey, I, I haven't had those experiences before. I was a white guy. I haven't had these experiences. However, I want to learn. Like, that's perfectly fine, bro. Like, we actually, that's like an authentic thing. Like, don't try to make it up. Like, you ain't, you know what I'm saying? We're not expecting you to be the 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 Forrest Gump of politics. <laughs> you, you were over here with King. You're over here with Mandela. You know, he was at the Million Man March. Like, we're not expecting you Yo, to be that. That would be Joe. a funny skit. Now that I think of it, just like, Forrest Gump with Joe Biden's face just going from South Africa to fucking where Martin Luther King stayed to the synagogue. I mean, you know, of course, you know, it's a, a tremendous tragedy that happened here in Pittsburgh and we're definitely not making light of the tragedy, but it's just like we got to come on, man. Joe, I don't the audacity know. The of whiteness is to, to lie about the most major events that have happened. <laughs> to impact it. Folks, is like, how can you? And then it's like the peak of the black, the modern black liberation movement, right? Absolutely. You know, the civil rights movement started like this this wave of resistance. Like, why? Why do you have to be there? Just say you weren't there. Just say you weren't moved. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's not like we're going to vote for you. Oh, Joe Biden was, I mean, come on, bro. It's like, yo, you supported that, or you maybe at the time you didn't support it, but now you look back and you like, come on, bro, like, yo, you was with Obama, like, that was enough for us. You was with Obama, that was enough, okay? We seen you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so, um, so I guess we can go from Joe Biden to now Donald Trump, I mean, because we may see, it's looking like Trump is gonna run again. We may see the, and I don't know, I mean, because both these dudes are old, too. They're, like, super old. But we may see a revisiting of Biden v. Trump in 2024. And I guess Donald Trump, you know, not only is he doing these rallies, but now Donald Trump is going to do commentary for a boxing match coming up Um I did say he has a personality for show business. I've said that. Oh, yeah. I mean, come before. on. He's, yeah. Yeah. That's what he needs to do. Do these press, do these stand up shows, do the stay out of politics. This, this is what he could just because we know really politics is a very like horrible, I mean, not politics, but also a lot of these, these, these sports agencies um, use a lot of race based pr- yes. promo. That we've seen, and I think that this is like the perfect venue for him. Um, I don't, I I, I pray to God he doesn't run in 2024. But I mean, this world's going. Well, supposedly this week he's gonna, or he announced that he's gonna have some big rally in Iowa. You know, I, I, you normally, if you're doing rallies in Iowa and you're doing organizing the Iowa, it means that you're planning. And of course, you know, this is Donald Trump. In his mind, he did not lose. I mean, he's, despite what facts came up, just like you said, the audacity of whiteness, he came out the other day, said there was 15 million uncounted votes. I mean, so this, this, in order, in his mind, he has to run again because he felt like he did not lose, that he should be currently president right now. And so, I mean, is Donald Trump better as a, that's what he is. I mean, he entertained during his 
you know, presidency. You know, of course, he was the the apprentice and all that stuff. You're fired. You know, he has that background. But we know that he's going to use this platform. It's going to be political. You think Donald Trump ain't going to go out there while this boxing? The minute somebody get knocked down, oh, that's Sleepy Joe. You know he's going to use <laughs> his whole commentary to attack Joe Biden, to attack the Democrats, to attack, you know what I'm saying, like all these people. I mean, I he's going to he use it They're that. not doing the work they need to be doing. So maybe 100%. he needs to come out there and light, light some fire under the, under their butts to get them to do the work they're supposed to be doing. Because clearly it's not, it's not, it's not working right yeah, now. Yeah, the Democrats so like, do. Maybe he needs, maybe he needs to just start getting out there and showing people what's going to happen if they don't do the work they're supposed to do. Are you gonna? Uh, I didn't know that he was on Monday Night Football. Am I gonna watch I didn't know that. No. No. Are you gonna watch? Are you are you gonna tune in for Donald Trump's commentary? No. Trouble? Not at all, bro. I'm cool. I feel like so. My views on Donald Trump. I liked him as an entertainer. I thought he was funny. And if his presidential, you know, if if him being president wasn't real life. That would have been a funny little reality TV show to watch. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Here goes this apprentice star, this ex, apprentice star slash businessman yes. running for president, winning, and then just wrecking havoc for four years. Yes, yes. That's like a you know great TV show. An excellent like premise of a TV show. And it really happened. Also, this is, is it, isn't Vanderd like, of a certain age, like why are they boxing? Yeah, Vander Holyfield's like fifty-five. I mean, you know, it's a lane for these old. You know, Mike Tyson did it, and now it's a lane. It's you an know, exhibition. The, yeah, the celebrity box. Yeah, it's like an exhibition. It's a lane. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, and I just be. I mean, I don't know if these people don't have good financial advisors. I don't know. It just seems like a Vander Holyfield. Yo, bro, you done got hit in the head so many times. Like, call it a day, but. That's the big thing right now. Celebrity boxing is a big thing. And I'm sure folks will tune in. It just will be interesting to see if, like, you know, Trump off the cuff, he probably will say some wild shit. I'm sure whatever week is after the after the event, we're probably going to have some clips of Donald Yo, Trump. Yo, I can't wait wild, to see the memes. Wild stuff. But you make a, such a great point, Trouble. That would have been a great TV show, but we lived it. And now we're in the midst of a global pandemic and we have no, no real end in sight. No nobody, nobody, nobody wants to wear masks. All these white people are out here fighting school boards. I mean, it's just mass and pandemonium. It's four times as much COVID this year at the same time as it was last year. Who the hell? And it's happening on 9-11. <laughs> oh my God. I never even thought about it. It's fucking. I literally. There is like a theory Woo. that this is a bad place. That in 2012, the world is shifted, and I feel ended. like I we've got this. Is literally, I don't know what we did to be living in a time like this, but I what apologize. Do do? Like, oh, sincerely. what a time! Oh, what a time to be alive. So, um, let's get into our sounds of the police. We have a lot of sounds of the police to get to. That's the sound of the police. So my probably my favorite story of the sound of the police is the fact that in Beverly Hills, California, they instituted a a, 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 a unit called safe streets. 
And the police were supposed, and they did a task force about safe streets. And guess what they found? Miracle in trouble. 99% of the people that they arrested in their safe streets program were guess who? Rich, rich Not white people. 99% of the people that they arrested for their safe streets program were black. And the one person they arrested that was not black was described as a dark-skinned Latino. I know black. Well, they probably, obviously they thought he was. Obviously they thought, so like, this is, I mean, I, you know, when, when, this is what I'm saying. When these conservatives and these people try to act like racism does not exist, you start like to use safe streets meant the absence of black people being, and I remember, you know, I was just in Beverly Hills a couple weeks ago and I, and I was walking, I, I, I walked and I was walking thinking like, yo, I hope, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hope, I don't, you know, because you know, you're, you're like, I was aware I'm a black dude. I'm, you know, I got on a t-shirt and some sweats and I'm walking through Beverly Hills. Like I could be looked at in a particular way and get pulled over and harassed by the cop. I didn't know. I didn't even realize this program was going on. Had I read this article, I'd have been like, I might've put a whole suit on. (laughs) Just to walk through Beverly Hills. So any comment about Beverly Hills safe street program miracle, they're, they're being sued now. Should they? Of course. Should I'm so, just I'm and just to put it in perspective, uh, before I go to your miracle, 106 people were arrested, 105 were black, and one was a dark skinned Latino person. You know, depending on how he was raised, that man is so upset right now <laughs> to be lumped in with a bunch of black folks, and he's like, no, this only happens me here wow. but it's it, again it's just we keep talking about implicit bias we keep talking about this like anti-blackness is codified like in our, our, our nation's like um, implementation of laws and this keeps happening time and time again and this is why I keep saying that in order to do any type of policing work and to actually do work where we need police, we have to start from zero. We have to literally deploy police in all of these communities across the, the country and have the police stop every single person who's doing something. Because I guarantee there were some folks who were jaywalking in front of those cops. There were some folks who were fighting in front of those cops. There were some yes. folks who were disrespectful. And the cops were like, oh, you know, just pipe down, have a good day, right? And so... What we don't see is all the times the police could have acted but chose not to. That's the problem. And yeah, as and- someone who was, you know, I've I've been fortunate enough to have cops, you know, see me do things like drop my headlights off and not get arrested, not get stopped, not get cited. But other people don't have that same privilege. And we're talking about these arrests. Not only is it bad they happen, but also we need to compare all the people they could have arrested. But Absolutely. then, and what they look like and what they were doing as well. That that reminds me of when New York had the stop and frisk law, that the percentage of white, the, you know, most of the people that were stopped and frisked were black, but actually, the the white people that were stopped had a higher 
like they 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 had more drugs on, they had more weapons on them. You know what I'm saying? But like you said, rarely were they stopped. According to this lawsuit in this article, it says um, it was filed by a couple that was on vacation in Beverly Hills. They had been riding a scooter when police detained them without any reasonable suspicion or probable cause because they were rising, riding a scooter. They were arrested on multiple charges, all of which were dropped. The suit also says that the unit stopped the vice president of men's footwear at Versace, who was holding a Versace bag. <laughs> Yo, I remember that. He did go on like social media. Versace, Versace. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so even, right, so that goes to say even the VP of Versace, who's got a Versace bag, he's a VP, it doesn't matter, you black and you Beverly Hills, you subject to this level of harassment. Uh, Trouble, have, did you have comment on this? Yeah, man. It's like if you really want to make the streets safe, maybe you're focused on the wrong people. You know what I'm <laughs> I feel like they should be looking at them cops because they clearly got some issues that are making these streets very unsafe for black people riding scooters. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, it makes you wonder. Right. We just got a bunch of scooters in Pittsburgh. Um, and it makes you wonder. And you're right. Uh, 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 miracle. Um, the guy um, who who the Versace guy, his name is. Sahel E. Bimbury, he basically said, what's unfortunate is I literally designed the shoes that are in this bag and he was being searched for having a Versace bag, even though he was the VP. Oh my God. Yeah. And so um, that's wild. And maybe talk about New York, it made me think of that, the, the new, the future New York mayor um, is that black man who said stop yeah. and frisk was just applied wrong. It's a good program. It was Absolutely. just applied wrong. So we just got California to New York. We're just, we're just yes. in a space. So one of the things that actually is interesting, you know, and it's talking about, you know, a lot of times we talk about police because, you know, like the police are like seen a lot of times through the frame of like mass media, right? Or mainstream media. So it's like the police has seemed like heroes, you know, back the blue, the heroes. And so one of the things that kind of came out of people like One Hood who have been asking for public safety to be reimagined and the police abuse to be held accountable is that the police were saying that all these police officers were quitting, all these police officers were demoralized, they're quitting, they're retiring, they're not coming back. Um, and it was going to lead to this police shortage. And they were like ringing the alarm. And guess what happened? The Marshall Project actually did the study, the labor data, and that was a lie. That police departments did not, there is no mass police leaving the police department. There's no mass retiring. That by and large, police departments are the same size now, even post-pandemic, as they were previously do we just, is this police or just, we can't it sounds like, word now? Yeah, it sounds like they were trying to kind of like set up this story of like, oh, focus on everyone who's retiring and then left out how many people are joining because I feel like more people are joining than they are retiring. Because I, I know a guy who literally just got officiated into the police force I still don't really trust someone like that, but it's like, bro, do you, you feel me? But it's like, bro, like, I know there are people, you feel me? Like, I know there are people out there, like, 
gung ho to join the police force, and they just want us to focus on everyone leaving. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think I think it's also that narrative because we've seen a rise in violence, not just in Pittsburgh, but all over the country. And it's also that narrative of this rise of violence is the fault of people attempting to hold police accountable for the transgressions. You know what I'm saying? So just to put it in perspective, in this article, it said that most, um, you know, people, most um, um, labor has fallen 6% post pandemic. The police departments have only lost 1% of the actual police officers. So I think it's also was this narrative of, oh, there's so much violence because people are cutting police budgets and there are less cops. And that's why the violence has skyrocketed. And that is also proved to be a, just a straight up lie. You know what I'm saying? We actually, in, in Pittsburgh, we did not, we actually increased uh, uh, police you know, money to police. And it did not mean that we have less violence. We have more violence like everywhere else. And so maybe it's the job that the police are doing or do. And maybe, I don't know, we can look at how we can do that job better and how we would do it to where it's less harmful to black and brown people. I don't know. That sounds like something to me. Miracle? Yeah, it's kind of funny. People were talking about this, but like I saw on Twitter um, that a lot of police, that 1% is because a lot of these police officers are dying from COVID because they refuse to be vaccinated and they refuse to wear masks. So right. you also got to think about these officers who were forced to engage and interact with who do not um, take this pandemic seriously and are actually spreading disease. And that's very important when you're even thinking about like what's going on in the jail. A lot of these guards refusing to be vaccinated as well. And I think it's just funny, but at the end of the day, the fact we're shocked that police lie is just, I don't know why we would believe this statistic or this rhetoric. And now look at us, we got more police, bigger police budgets, and still no investment for our communities. Right. And, and you're talking, I know I was, uh, like I mentioned, I was in Los Angeles. Um, the LAPD are actually suing because I guess in California, they had passed a law that said all public employees must be vaccinated. So the LAPD, which I think is under 50% vaccinated, are actually suing not to be vaccinated. And then a story came out today where there were three cops, I believe it was Maine or Vermont, that were fabricating COVID cards because they didn't want to get vaccinated. So they got caught fabricating COVID cards. And so like, you know, that is, um, you know, also uh, some of the stuff that we've seen, you know what I'm saying? And so that's, it, that is interesting, that's fascinating, particularly because it's like, you're supposed to be like law enforcers. And then here comes like a, a law or policy comes down. And if you don't agree with it, now you want to find a way to break that policy. But it's like, but that maybe that's what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, like some certain laws and stuff we might not agree with, but if we go against that law, all of a sudden we're criminals, we're wrong, we're all this and this and that. And so it is fascinating to kind of see that happen. Um, I didn't. Somebody said, did we see a clip of a cop? They're probably trolling. Followed by- They're probably trolling. To take I don't know. But um, yeah, so it, it, is, it is interesting to see that. Um, I guess we have, I mean, there's always more cop stories, but I guess we can get to our, since we're getting up to the time, our Terry Crews of the Week. And this week, our Terry Crews of the Week is, in fact... It's Terry Crews. I mean, <laughs> Terry Crews, again, <laughs> probably every other week is going to be Terry Crews, but Terry Crews posted <laughs> a, a, a tweet. I guess he heard about your cookout miracle. He heard about 
being invited to the cookout. He said the best thing about being uninvited to the cookout is you never drank the Kool-Aid. Miracle. What do he be trying to do? That that be my question. Like the best thing about being uninvited to the cookout is you never have to drink the Kool-Aid. No, you never drink the you know, like drinking the Kool-Aid is like buying into you know, I don't know. Maybe it's buying into like white supremacy or racism. You know, Terry Crews is one of these dudes that's always like, you know, he's like the he's like the um what was it? What was it? Um, um Stephen. No he's like Stephen and and Django, right? He's the guy that always want to jump and try to jump in front of the bullet, um, so so the master doesn't get killed. Like that's kind of what Terry Crews has been. That movie. So, so the spot. Oh, it's a. Oh, it's a. You said this on that. I don't. Circle, I refuse to watch that man's movie because the way he oh. puts the N word and every yeah. the let's talk about people y'all give the N word pass to is Tar- uh, Quentin Tarantino. And, and then the wild part is he be right, nigga. It's like the character don't even have to say that. Quentin, this character don't have to say nigga. It, it, that is true. That is true. That is true. And I thought I saw a clip the other day of Steven when he first met this. Django, whatever, and I died laughing. Yeah. I love yes. because it was a funny movie, but I just refused. I was yes, like, yes. Because but anyway, Terry Crews. He yes. just, like, sir. And then he said he was talking about not being invited to the Expendables, which isn't no, even a black production. So I was like, no, why are you, don't make no sense, sir. You were not talking, bro. We knew it. We know what you were talking about, Terry Crews. Is because black people don't want nothing to do with you, and why? Because you keep doing bullshit like this. Like, bro, stop, man. Like, go do your, go dance on your little shows and make white people smile and do your bounce your pecs up and down. Like, go do you, bro. Like, we're not even thinking about you, Terry Crews, but like you always, if you didn't always come to white people's defense every five seconds, we wouldn't even care about you. What the hell is wrong with this dude? Trouble? What's wrong? Go to Flint and help these people get clean water, Terry. It's where you're from. What the hell is wrong with this guy? He's kind of made he made a career out of othering himself, bro, bro. I feel like he don't drink the Kool-Aid because he heard black people do it. And he don't want to <laughs> be nothing like them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he definitely, I mean, and that's the thing. The thing is, we know he's not stopping. I mean, Terry Crews, he doesn't want to just come out and say, yo, I was wrong. You know, I shouldn't have said nothing about black lives. Matter. Like all the many Terry Crews is like he doesn't what well, he just he's go so he's gonna keep going like he's got his foot down and it's just like if you're gonna take a stand why not take a stand with something more meaningful man you know what I'm saying but he his stance is he's gonna ride it out for these white folks man you know what I'm saying him Larry Elder Candace Owens man <laughs> delicious what, what I love about the article though is it's the title of the article is somebody come get this jigaboo I just think that's so I hate that word. And I actually hate like Jibu and Coon. I was someone I do, like hate those words, but it's like why do y'all have to I mean, well, so thing? maybe, maybe in our racial rehab miracle, we can find a way to come up with different terminology for instead of cooning or some of the other words, what are some words? What 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 is a technical term we could give somebody like a Terry Crews, a Candace Owens, a Larry Elder? We have to find that language. 
um, and give it to him. So, no, no, no. So I, I did. I did see look at the, a. Look at the chat. The private chat. Oh, I, mi- I missed the. I missed the. Oh yes. Oh, you about to. So there was. We did get a comment, and we got a comment. I don't know if Andrea is still watching. When she said she's not politically savvy or motivated, I may want to learn more, but I don't want entertainment. I strive for more education. Andrea, this segment is for you. It's called White Pages. And in this segment, like in every show, we give folks the opportunity to get a book, to find out about a book. Every author is Black. And they can read and learn more. This week's book is called Let My People Vote. Um, this past Sunday, we had our One Hood Power kickoff event, and our keynote speaker was Desmond Mead. Desmond Mead is an amazing organizer out of Florida. He helped to pass Amendment 4, which gave formerly convicted people the right to vote in Florida. It was the largest expansion of voting rights in a half century. And so Desmond Reed Mead's, uh, Mead's book, Let My People Vote, is this week's White Pages. Support this brother for those that came out. Everybody was inspired by his speech. And this, you know, even if you missed it, I know he just came and kind of kicked it with us. Um, that's right, Woogie came through, man. We appreciate y'all. Oh, I'm sorry, that was a wrong. <laughs> he was awesome. That's right. We appreciate you coming through and supporting us, Woogie. And we're not from Pittsburgh. We are from, I mean, from Philly, we're from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's on the other side. Pennsylvania's a rectangle. Pittsburgh's on the left. Philly's all the way to the right. So we were away from the flooding, thankfully. But let my people vote. It's a quick read, a good read. Support our book. And then our call to action. We have a weekend filled with great events happening in Pittsburgh. We had mentioned Farouk is not with us because his play is opening um, at the City Theater this uh, week. And so um, the, I always try to give it the wrong. It's called The Rivers Don't Know. And... Um, it's from September 10th to the 19th. Tickets are free. And so you can go to City Theater. You can get your tickets. They're free. And so if you want to see the supervillain, if you want to, you know, heckle him while he's on stage. No. You know, he's going to watch this. Wear your sunglasses, nigga. No, I'm just playing. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a little too soon for that one. The rivers don't know. And then also this weekend is the Barrel and Flow Fest. And you can go and taste a special beer produced by our very own Miracle. You want to talk a little about your beer collaboration <laughs> and the event this weekend, Miracle? Yes, your girl has actually, you know, I'm Southern. I have produced a line, the Yaller and the Yenzer. It is two uh, different moonshine flavors. One is like a sweet, one is more of like a savory. So I have two moonshine flavors for you to sample um, at the Barrel and Flow Fest on Friday. So I'm on Saturday, you know, I had to make it political. You know, moonshine is a very political uh, uh, um, drink. You look at the history, Georgia Prohibition, you know, it does have like a sorted past, but like, you know, we have NASCAR now, so you're welcome. 
But, you know, so we have that come through. It is a list. Uh, 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 it's over 40 black breweries. It's over um, 80 vendors. I am partnered with Lucky Wine and Spirits, a small um, a, a local business distillery out in Millville. And they make great drinks. Their limoncello is to die for. So you can um, stop by the store or you can order from them online. But yes, please come through all weekend. We're also going to be having forums, talk about diversity, how you can support Black businesses, how you can expand businesses, and some cool things that are going on in the brewery industry. Like I, it was cool. Like I learned to distill. I can actually, you know, make all types of stuff now, but Pennsylvania Liquor Review Board won't allow me to. So <laughs> got to go and buy it at the, the fest. You know, so come through and find a good time. We're gonna be outside. You do have to wear wear a essentially wear a mask, but you have to be vaccinated or have a negative test and they're doing on-site testing too. Yes. So yeah. Rapid testing there. Also, Friday night, we got something going on trouble. You want to talk about, you know. Oh yes, the lights on festival. So we yes. will be downtown at the Oasis stage for the Lights On Festival. We got Jasiri opening up the set, him saying, and we got a bunch of new artists coming through to shut it down. Absolutely. So that would be, um, if you out downtown at the Lights On Festival, we're performing from 9 to 10 at the Trust Oasis stage. Um, you know, again, another dope um, um, artist curation by our very own Trouble NLS. So if you missed us last week at Patonka Tonk, where we rocked out, we had a great time. We will be back this Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Yes, no human being is illegal. Shout out to my homies, Rebel Diaz, uh, for coming through with Patonka Talk. And Patonka Talk was dope. It was a good spirit, positive energy, positive vibes. And so it's one hood weekend, you know what I'm saying? So you got Barrel and Flow. You got the Rivers Don't Know. You got us at Trust Oasis, you know what I'm saying? We get it. We, we the only thing out here popping. You already know what it is. All right, so anyway. Yeah, um, and JM's performing Saturday at the Allegheny Overlook. And I think that's part of Lights On, too. City and Jordan Montgomery also have, they have beers. I believe they're, they have two sour beers. I can't remember the flavors, but they also have two beers that barrel and flow. So also, you the tickets, I think, range from $75 and up, but all the drinks are are free. Um, so if you like a drink, you come out and sip, taste beers from all around the country. I, I believe we have a, maybe one or two um non-alcoholic beers i have to double check on those but still come out there's like food there's fun it is a 21 up event um but if you're in the city this weekend it'll be cool and also lights on like hello turn up we're outside right like we outside we're outside carefully we're outside you know safely distance safely yes yes so shout out to um so we got a lot going on this weekend Catch us if you can. We hope to see y'all again. And until next week, you know, hopefully we'll be back fully, fully formed next week for this week in white supremacy. Peace, one hood, y'all. Peace out, y'all. Welcome to the whitest house, where every room is a tomb that they lie about, where you can put your filthy feet on the finest couch, and for the right amount, you can even buy it out.